This is Fantasy Book Club. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Book Club. This is the Internet's Book Club and just by listening you're a member. My name is Colton Pratt. And I'm Sydney Lyerly. And we're still reading Fairy Tale by Stephen King. <laughs> But don't worry, you guys, we're getting into the parts that I really like. So I'm, I'm very excited. Yay! I'm looking forward to it. Um, also, the parts Cindy likes because there seems to be a love interest in these two chapters. Um, anyway, yeah, these chapters, of. what we read are chapters uh, uh, 12 and 13 this week. Yep. Uh, next week, we are probably reading 13 and 14, but I, sorry, 14 and 15. I don't have it pulled up. I'm pulling it up right now to make sure. Um, yes. Next week, we only read we're two reading... pretty much no. every time. So next week, we're reading 14 and 15 set through. 15-7. So it's another one of those like weird weeks. Okay. So we're reading 14 through 15-7. So read 15 section 7. Don't read 15 section 8. Yes. That's what we've decided. Yes. And we trust you. We trust you to not do it. But if you do, Sydney will come for you. So <laughs> uh I'm gonna start off start us off with chapter 12 uh and just go through it really fast. Chapter 12, uh, if you don't remember at the end of chapter eleven, uh somebody with a leprechaun voice, stuck a gun right to the back of Charlie's head right as he emerged from the Upside Down. Um, the Upside Down? Yeah, the this Upside Down. This is not Stranger, Stranger Things, Colin. <laughs> yeah, it's the Upside Down. It's um, not Stranger Things. Uh, so the chapter starts with that situation. And uh, Charlie, Charlie, future Charlie writing this says the only thing he can remember thinking is Rumpelstiltskin is putting a gun at the back of my head. Uh, yep. Which I think is really funny. Um, and... The, the leprechaun man asks, what's down there in reference to the hole that Charlie just came out of? Yeah. And uh, Charlie, thinking fast because he doesn't want anyone to know about the secret hidden world, uh, goes pumping machinery, which apparently was the first thing that came to his head. And then he had to back up that lie talking about it a little bit. That's pretty um, funny. Yeah, it is really pumping funny. Pumping machinery. Uh, so it basically he's saying, if it rains, it will flood the whole street. So we have to have pumping machinery down there. Um, which solid is actually, lie. I was surprised. I was surprised how good of a lie it was. Yeah. It was pretty. It solid. was a pretty good lie. Um, but he he uh, the the leprechaun are immediately knows it's a lie. Yeah. Uh, because he knows there's gold, and uh, he, you went down there with a gun. Why would there? Why would you be go down there with a gun? Um, and uh, in Charlie's defense, keeps the lie going. He's yeah. scared of rats. That is uh, also a fair. I think a fair lie. Like yeah. rats. I mean, I don't know if you necessarily need a gun for them, but I, I get it. It's a good lie. It's a good lie. Yes. Uh, but he he uh, the leprechaun immediately. I'm trying not to say his name because we learn his name later. So the leprechaun immediately knows that's also a lie because um, he saw the like rotting corpse of a uh, cockroach sitting in the corner, which is like he knows there's something weird going yeah. on with that whole. Um, hey, this kind of disproves be- your theory. Of him <laughs> coming from the the other world. Uh, you know nothing. I've already thought through how this theory will continue to work. Okay. Don't worry. Don't worry your pretty little mind. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, people throw rocks at things that shine. Anyway, uh, he uh, says, we'll worry about this later. I want the gold in the safe. Drop your gun. And so Charlie gets the gun off and whatever. And then they slowly uh, walk to start walking to the house. And... Um, Charlie's just in his head about this. Like he is very concerned. He's trying to figure out like his plan and stuff. And uh, basically he just gets to the house and then section two starts. Yeah. And um, section two opens with them walking up the house, walking up the stairs of the house to get to the, to the room with the safe in it. Um, I love, can I just say, I love the comp, like the, um, the constant, uh, like um, what's the word? Holy crap. The constant, like, no, the constant, uh, threat. No, gosh, I can't think of the word. The constant comparison. There we go. Of right to Rumpelstiltskin. I don't yep. know why I struggle with that word so much, but um, mm-hmm. I just I love. I think it's a fun little little thing. Like I love one of my favorite things about this book is the comparisons to like actual fairy tales, and so I really like this one. That's all. <laughs> um, and then it's basically uh. They get up to the place, and uh, Charlie says, oh, you killed Mr. Heinrich, didn't you? And the Rumpelstiltskin is what they call him, says, uh, 
that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. They caught the bloke who did it, which Charlie immediately is like, you're lying. You did it. I know yeah. you did it. Um, and then when they get up, uh, the Rumpelstiltskin tries, try, is trying desperately to get him to open the safe. And Charlie is just playing the dumbest child we've ever seen. Charlie keeps saying things that seem so out of character for Charlie. One example is um, he says, uh, there's quite a bit of gold. I don't know where he got it, but it's awesome sauce. Which is not what a Charlie would say had there not been a gun to the back of his head oh, the entire for sure. time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's basically making this guy promise not to kill him, but he knows the guy's lying. Like he has a it's it's a whole thing where he's playing a character to try and get this guy to not kill him or yes. at least stall long enough for him to come up with a plan to get the gun off the back yeah. of his head. Like he's definitely reacting the way I think most people would probably react if they had a gun stuck to their head. You know, yeah. other than like there's like panic and then there's like try and figure out how to get out of this situation. And that's what Charlie's doing. And uh, while they're panicking and trying to get out of the situation, uh, he says, open the safe. And Charlie turns it to the first number, second number, third, one number left before it opens. And he turns and looks at the guy and the, he's described as um, uh, a narrow face, a weasel's face almost under a retro white sacks white socks ball cap with a high crown and a red circle where the O in socks belonged. Um, and Charlie, when he looks over his shoulder, says, can I at least have some? In reference <laughs> to the goal, which I think is really funny. <laughs> um, and uh, the guy the guy laughs and then just like makes him open it. And now the, what happens next, I would like to do in a dramatic reading, if you wouldn't mind, Sydney. Go for it. So here it comes. I turned the combination to the last number. I pulled the handle. I couldn't see him looking over my shoulder, but I could smell him. Sour sweat, the kind that almost bakes into a person's skin after a long time without bathing. The safe swung open. I didn't hesitate, because he who hesitates is lost. I grabbed the bucket by the rim and overturned it between my spread knees. Gold pellets flooded out and ran across the floor in all directions. At the same moment, I dived into the closet. He fired, the sound not much louder than a medium-sized firecracker. I felt the bullet go between my shoulder and my ear. The hem of one of Mr. Bodich's old-fashioned suit coats twitched as the bullet passed through it. Mr. Bodich had plenty of shoes. Dora would have been envious. I grabbed a brogan, rolled over on my side, and threw it. He ducked. I threw the other one. He ducked again, but it hit him in the chest. He backed up onto the gold pellets, which were still rolling, and his feet went out from under him. He landed hard with his legs splayed, but held onto his gun. It was a lot smaller than Mr. Boach's 45 revolver, which probably accounted for the low decibel bark. I didn't try to get to my feet, just squatted and uncoiled from the thighs on down. I flew over the rolling gold like Superman and landed on top of him. I was big, he was small. The air went out of him with a woof sound. His eyes were bulging, his lips were red and gleaming with spittle. Get off me, a labored out of breath whisper. As if. I grabbed for the hand holding the gun, missed my grip, and grabbed again before he could bring it around to my face. The gun went off a second time. I don't know where that bullet went and didn't care because it didn't go into me. His wrist was slippery with sweat, so I clamped down with all my strength and twisted. There was a snap. He uttered a high-pitched scream. The gun fell from his hand and hit the floor. I picked it up and pointed it at him. He made that high-pitched scream again and put his good hand in front of his face as if that would stop a bullet. The other one just flopped on his broken wrist, which was already beginning to swell. No, don't shoot me, please. Not one single f***ing haha. <laughs> <laughs> what a good I action scene. Good uh, job, Charlie. It is Charlie. a really good. It is a good action scene. I do. I I really enjoyed the way uh, Stephen King wrote this section. I also want to make it known that it was not stated earlier in this chapter. Uh, well, it was stated that Charlie was going to stop mentioning it. But basically every sentence the guy said up to that point, he ended with a ha-ha. Yeah. Just because. Um, and uh, it, it Charlie Charlie that time noted he did not do it when the gun was pointed at his head, which I uh, think is really funny. Yes. Uh, also, Charlie just broke a guy's wrist with his bare hands. I know. Which, I think it's harder than it sounds like it should be. Like, I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a hard thing. But to you do. have to think about the fact that Charlie is also, I mean, he's a really tall guy, very strong, like big, big dude, big athlete. So he's probably got very, very strong. He's probably got very large hands yeah. and very strong hands. So it probably isn't as hard for him to do that as we think it would be. <laughs> probably. 
Or at least, um, I don't know. I mean, I've never tried to, like, snap anyone's wrist, so maybe it's easier than I think it is. I don't know. <laughs> you might be right, yeah. Um, and that's the end of Section 2. Uh, section 3 starts with a little step back from author Charlie, from future Charlie, saying, Now, you probably thought of Charlie as a pretty good person. I stuck with my dad when he was an alcoholic. I yeah. helped the old man. I helped the old man's dog. Like, I'm, you probably think of me as a good person. But I'm also the kid that called a bomb threat into an elementary school and glued my teacher's uh, key in his car. Like, I also was kind of a bad person as well. And basically he said in that moment, he was willing to kill this guy. Yeah. Like in that moment, he because if the guy's alive, it causes more problems for Charlie than anything because the guy will tell people about the hole. And then that's a whole whole nother thing or about the gold, which is a whole nother thing. Like, basically Anything this guy can say is an issue. Mm-hmm. And if he was dead, if he was dead, he could hide the body for one or for two. Just say it was self-defense. The guy put a gun to the back of my head. Yeah. I killed him in self-defense. Like there's I a will lot say, that he could. One of my favorite things about Stephen King's books in general, and I was thinking about this while I was reading this section, is the fact that his main characters, like I feel like a lot of times books have like main characters that are like, they're just perfectly good people like all the time. Like, mm-hmm. But I feel like Stephen King's books, his characters always go through like these dilemmas where they're forced to be like not good people or like they're not always the best people. Like they have bad backgrounds. Like Charlie's got this awful background where he did all these terrible things. And I just I appreciate that because I feel like it gives the characters a lot of depth. Like definitely when I was reading this section, it's, it's hard to like Charlie during this section. Like it really is. And I appreciate yeah. that because that's the main character. And I feel like most books you're always like oh i love the main character right because it's the main character but i i feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of stephen king's books sometimes it's hard to like the main characters and so i appreciate his writing for that yeah um i still like charlie after this i do too but i still like him i understand why he felt this way like i do but i just i just think like it's different it's very different like main character um uh dynamic i think than a lot of books so i just i like Mm -hmm. that um and that's the end of section three section three basically him saying i could kill this guy and hide the body couldn't i um section four it goes back to like the current the the now of the story and it's freaking uh mr right oh haha blubbering please don't please don't kill me and charlie's like you you would have killed me and he said i wouldn't i swear um charlie asked what his name is and he says it's Derek shepherd Mm-hmm. Which gets a gun whip across the guy's face because uh, Charlie has seen Grey's Anatomy. And so he knows that his name is not the character from Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. And so the second name that he gives is Justin Towns, which gets another gun whip across the face. This one breaks his nose uh, yeah. because Justin Towns Earl is, an, is, a, is a guy. Uh, and then the third, third time he finally says Chris Polly or Chris Polly, which is what we're going to call him by uh, from now on. Yes. Uh Chris Polly throws the wallet after uh, Charlie makes him throw his wallet to Charlie and yeah. like to, to confirm his name. And uh, they do that. And he uh, basically saying, you're, you're not, I'm going to send you to jail. Uh, mm-hmm. And we do learn that his Chris- name is actually Christopher Polly. So we already knew yeah. that. Cause I mean, we, you could kind of yeah. guess that this was probably who it was. Um, yeah. But he also, his license was expired in 2008 and there's mm-hmm. clearly a reason he we don't know the reason, but there's clearly a reason he hasn't been able to get a new license. Yeah. Um, and basically he he uh, says he can't renew it. Also, Chris Polly also says he's unable to renew the license. Mm-hmm. Um, and he uh, basically says, if you call the cops, I'm going to tell them about the, the, the goal here. Yeah. Um, but uh, he he says, thanks for pointing that out. Uh it looks like I have to put you at the plumbing machine after all saying looks like I have to kill you anyway. Yeah. Um, which is sad and it makes him wet his pants, uh, which yeah. is gross, but it happens. Um, and so he uh, <laughs> says, suppose uh, I told you you could live, not only live, but go your own way. Like the song says, would you be interested? And the guy says, uh, 
yes, yes, let me go and I'll never bother you again. And Charlie immediately thinks, spoken like a true Rumpelstiltskin. Yep. This this guy I really is just, a leopard. I love, I love so much the, the comparisons. I said this earlier, but I just, I love the comparisons from like real life stories. I mean, yeah. obviously they're not real stories, but like, you know, stories that you everybody know. would likely like know or recognize. Yeah. Um, and basically uh he asks like where are you where were you like how'd you get here and discovers that Polly has been living in the woods behind the house to keep an eye on it and like find the perfect opening kind of a deal mm-hmm. uh and then the, uh charlie says get up we're, we're going out back and Polly asks can i at least keep some of the gold which is bold a bold play from mr christopher Polly. that is a really um, bold play if there's a guy holding a gun at your face um yep. i wouldn't and he just snapped your hand and then they bargain yeah and then yeah. they bargain and then he bargains with him charlie charlie's like you can take three and he's like five and charlie's like four charlie what are you doing <laughs> so <laughs> i feel like charlie giving um christopher polly gold at all after everything that just happened i feel like i can like he seems like a better character after that like it's almost like a moment of redemption. Yeah. He's obviously not getting a lot. Like four pieces of gold is not really going to get him anywhere, but it feels almost like a moment of redemption. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Charlie walks him out to the back fence because he's saying, like, I'm going to make let you leave. Until they pass the shed, Christopher Polly is still certain he's about to get killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once they pass the shed, he says, I don't want to see you again. Polly goes, you won't. Chris, uh, Charlie says, not ever. And Polly says, I won't. Uh, I, I promise. And then Charlie says, shake on it then. And when Polly goes to shake his hand, he, Charlie snaps his other freaking wrist. Yeah. Charlie. Yeah. That was so unnecessary, my man. <laughs> yeah, not great. And then he picks him up and chucks him over the fence. Charlie got suddenly very violent again. Like, he I thought he was over this. Very, very violent. Like, the first time I can, like, account to just, like, self-defense. But this second mm-hmm. time was just him being, like, a little unnecessary. Like, I don't think he needed to lose both of his hands. Uh, yeah. And also, well, it, it makes sense. You can't rob a get guy with, with two broken hands. Well, yeah, but also, how did he hold on to the gold pieces? I think probably pocket. Oh, maybe he did put them away. I assume it was in a pocket. You might be right. Yeah, that's my guess. You're probably right. Um, And then after he's over the fence and gone, Charlie walks back into the house, picks up the remaining pieces of gold, uh, and puts everything away. He also keeps the guy's gun. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty funny. Uh, just stuck stuffed in the back of his. Well, it makes back sense. Pants. I don't think he'd want to give the gun back to him. Like I know he's got broken hands, yeah. but I, I mean, those hands will heal eventually. I'm pretty sure the dude would come back for you. Yeah. Um. And apparently, also this entire thing, the uh, in the ground, out of the ground, gun to head, fight for life kick him out less than three hours total which is a very traumatic day for charlie yeah um and he then he just basically in the next section talks about how he got back to the house he's all freaked out but he's preparing for tomorrow because tomorrow's the day he's gonna go on his big adventure Mm -hmm. uh in the upside down to keep get the uh, upside down this isn't stranger things colin it's called the other in this book Sorry, the other. He's going to keep going in the other until uh, to, to try and revive Radar, basically, on the big t- turnstile. And so he has to lay a false trail in order to try and get people to not find him, essentially. Yeah. And uh, he ate and thought about how he's going to set up, like, how he's going to do the false trail. He, he talks to uh, talks to Radar about, like, will you be good if we go back up there? Yeah. Uh, she says yes. He go, they go up the hill and then they they start prepping. He starts bringing out. Uh, well, first he melts the freaking cockroach with cockroach killer, yeah. and then he starts bringing out wheelbarrow after wheelbarrow of just like old magazines mm-hmm. in order he to also make. He talks a, like, to Mrs. Richland briefly. Oh, he does. Like, what does he say to her. He just talks to her about because she's back at the uh, like her spot, which I think is funny mm-hmm. that she didn't see or hear any of what happened with Christopher Polly. But yeah. she's back at her spy and he talks to her and she just asks about like who's going to own the house and he doesn't right. tell her that it's him that's yeah. now the owner of the house. Um but she also says that like if uh Charlie happens to know the listing price for the house, assuming because she thinks that whoever's owning it is gonna sell it, um, mm-hmm. to let them know because they were thinking about selling, and so we basically learn that there might be a Mr. Richland, which Charlie thinks is funny. And that's yeah. really the entire conversation. 
um, and then he's he's prepping the uh, shed. He's putting the magazines in the shed to make it like easy to hide the hole after he gets in it, so people won't like find it essentially. Yeah. Um, and then he he uh, walks back to his house and writes a letter to his father uh, in order to uh, throw off the trail. Essentially, what he tells tells the guy. Can I it, read? It, can I read the letter to his father? Should it be a dramatic reading if you do it? Sure. Yes, it should. Here it comes. Cindy doing a dramatic reading of the letter. Dear Dad, you are going to come back to an empty house because I have gone to Chicago with Radar. I found someone on the internet who has had amazing success with renewing the health and vitality of aging dogs. I've known about this guy for some time, but didn't want to tell you because I know how you feel about quack gears. Maybe that's not what this is, but I can easily afford $750 thanks to my inheritance. I won't tell you not to worry because I know you will, even though there's nothing to worry about. What I will tell you is please don't try to fix your worry with a drink. If I came back and found you were boozing again, it would break my heart. Don't try to call me because I'm turning off my phone. On or off wouldn't matter where I was going. I will be back, and if this works, I'll be back with a brand new dog. Trust me, Dad. I know what I'm doing. Love, Charlie. It's a cute letter he writes to his it dad. Is a cute it's letter. a good lie. It, it's a good lie. It is a good lie. Um, it's really the part where he says, "Like if I come back and found out you were drinking, like that's sad. Mm-hmm. That's really sad." Yeah, it's a good warning to give, though. It's, it's it a is, fair, yeah. it's a fair thing for him to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then after he does that, he goes ahead and writes an email to the school and schedules it to publish. Uh-huh. Basically, backing up this lie, making the lie more believable, yeah. so that hopefully nobody <laughs> checks the shed for a hidden portal to a different world. Uh, which would be a wild thing for someone to check that for. That would but be still, really wild. Find it. <laughs> um, and then after he gets all that uh, set up, he he goes to bed. Well, he also calls and, um, the uh, detective, Detective Gleason. Oh right. He sorry, I'm I'm missing stuff. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. <laughs> uh, he calls Gleason under the guise of asking if anybody found anything new. Yeah. But in reality, it was to further the lie tell the police we're going to chicago like for make it more and more believable yes um and then then he goes to bed uh well no he doesn't actually he goes to get dinner feeds uh radar the uh three more pills and her chow um and he's like we're running out of pills but it's okay because hopefully we're gonna get her revitalized here very soon yeah um and then he gets a call from his dad so uh, the call is the dad just checking on him. Super sweet call. It Love is his a really dad. sweet call, but he's got to lie to his dad, which is yeah, not, and he hates the lie. Not great. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate that even in his lie to his father, um, he he uh, like is still telling his dad he loves him, and he's also fa- reassured by the fact that the dad doesn't seem to suspect anything weird going on with Charlie yet, yeah. which is uh, good for his plan to get away. Um. This time, though, now he finally locks up the house and starts getting ready for bed. And as he thinks about it, he's like, am I really about to go on an adventure to another secret world in order to re- revitalize this, like, one dog? And essentially, he's like, yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, it's, it, I love this dog. Yeah. And then he falls asleep significantly faster than he expects to. Mm-hmm. And also, it's super early. It's like 8 p.m. he goes to bed. Yeah, because he's got to be up at, like, 5 a.m. the next morning or something. Yes. And that's the end of my chapter 12. Yes. Let's go. Um, do you have any and I'm not going to do any theories. Th- no theories because it just kind of starts. The next chapter that's answers true. all my theories. I, it does. I have theories for the stuff. future. Well, I didn't know if you had uh, any theories about like Christopher Polly or Polly. what happens to yes. him. I think that there are other portals into this world. That's my theory. Okay. That there's not just the one. That there are other like people who are able to get in. Because I still think he's from it. Because mm-hmm. it seems weird to have this weird character of a character like this guy who like haha writos and is like a perfect representation of some kind of fairy tale characters it seems weird to have him just be a normal thief yeah he has to have something supernatural going on it, 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 it would be weird if he didn't that's my opinion yeah makes sense yeah anything else uh, uh if there are other portals that explain some stuff or maybe it's something about like the imagination stuff making things come to life how i feel like the other world's like imagination land and mm-hmm. somehow other is making things come to life in real world yeah. real, real world you know stuff sometimes when a book has magic it's hard to predict things because sometimes the answer is the magic did it yeah and so that 
I'm kind of just letting the magic did it <laughs> mumbo jumbo because I still want him to be a leprechaun. Yeah. I really do. He's obsessed with gold. He's short. He says, haha, and right now he's a leprechaun. <laughs> like, it'd be weird if he's not. He's a leprechaun. <laughs> or anyway. Rumpelstiltskin. Or Rumpelstiltskin. Exactly. Anyway, we get into <laughs> okay. chapter 13 now. Yeah, chapter 13. So it starts off with um, they're getting up in the dark and Radar's kind of like, why are we getting up in the dark? But Charlie feeds her, uh, gets her more extra pills. Uh, they go up to Mr. Boish's house. The house next door, Mrs. Richland's house is empty or not empty, but dark. Um, yeah. Really starts packing things. So imagine she was just out front. That would be wild. What are you doing up here? Literally. Yeah. Like she's just like, it's, <laughs> hi, what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> Eyes shading. Creepy. No sun. Eyes shading the dark. Sky, <laughs> that's what she does every time. That's funny. Um, but so he packs both guns into his backpack. Um, he packs like uh empty spaghetti sauce jars with dog food. Uh, he packs a dish towel, um, like an extra t-shirt, an extra pair of underwear, because apparently his mom had a saying that never leave on a trip without clean underwear was his mom saying. Great advice. <laughs> I never leave anywhere without underwear. I am yeah, always wearing um, at least one pair. At least you wear at more least, than one pair? I, I No, I said at least one. That could just be one most of the time. But have you worn more than one pair of underwear at a time? When it's cold out, Sydney, of course. Do you not double layer your socks when it's like freezing no. cold? You don't? No. What's wrong with you? I just get like thicker socks. <laughs> nah, two, two thick socks works great for no, when it's like. No, that's terrible. Football game, if it's a football game and it's snowing, double socks, just right. You're crazy. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> you're, you're wrong for feeling anything other than like that's smart. It's just, it's, it's smart. Mm, okay. Anyway, <laughs> he also packs some food. So he packs some sardines, which apparently he likes sardines now. Good for him. Um, he packs crackers, um, pecan sa- sandies, like jerky sticks, um, cokes. Lots he of packs, food. Yeah, lots of food. Um, he packs his wallet and a flashlight, and that's basically it. So not a whole lot, but just as much as he can fit in his backpack without it being, like, too heavy for him to carry. Yep. And he also figures, like, worst comes to worst, he's hoping he'll get a a meal from Dora. And if not, he can always just forage for food, he figures. This chapter made me love Dora. I I haven't gotten there yet. I'm sorry. Readers, the people who actually read, they know. And readers, I'm proud of you for actually reading. If you haven't read... Spoiler! What are you doing? (laughs) Spoiler alert! I love Dora. Dora is my friend. I also love Dora. Mm -hmm. Anyways, sure. Real convenient you say that after I do. Real convenient. Seems like you're stealing my my thoughts. Feels Uh like you're stealing my ideas that I like Dora. I like. I listener, you know, I liked Dora first. You know it. Hmm. (laughs) I read this book first, so (laughs) (laughs) I think Um, I win. win. Okay, continue. Um, so he is then now heading out, but he realizes as he's about to head out that he has no way to relock the shed. Like he, he knows he can try and cover the, like the hole with the magazines while he's like in the hole, but he can't relock the shed and he figures no one will try and bug the shed if it's locked, but they might go in there if it's not. Especially the padlock hanging. Yeah. He calls his friend Andy Chen and he answers, and he's just getting out of the shower, which is really funny. And Charlie's, <laughs> Charlie's like, ooh, are you naked? It's just it's weird, <laughs> but it's funny. It is funny. Um, and so Charlie's like, hey, I need you to help me with something. I'm going on this trip to Chicago to try and save Radar. And Andy Chen's like, you're an idiot. That's a scam. Like, don't go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's like, I'm going anyways. There's this guy waiting for me who's driving me there. Like, I need to leave now, but I forgot to lock the lock Mr. Boch's house and forgot to lock the shed. Can you go do those things? And Andy Chen, being, I guess, a good friend, uh, agrees and goes. It's like, a good I don't friend. know whether that's a good friend or a bad friend, but... I think good friend in doing the helpful thing, but I think maybe bad friend in, like, letting him go, I guess. That's yeah. my that's my opinion of that. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, But, so, now... Uh, Charlie hangs up because now he's got the, uh, the padlock all set mm-hmm. and he goes to the hole in the floor and is like of the, the shed to the well and he's like doesn't know whether for sure he should be doing this or not 
but yeah. he he almost decides that he's just gonna like cancel the whole thing call andy back and be like no the guy left without me like i have no way to get to chicago yeah like tear up the letter delete the email like all of that and he doesn't because radar comes walking towards him and gets oh. to the hole and starts like wagging her tail and like pawing at the boards and getting all excited. And Charlie's like, whatever happened down there, she remembers it and it's good memories. And she wants to go back. Um, cute puppy. So, yeah, cute puppy. Or not really puppy, but cute old puppy. puppy. Cute puppy. <laughs> um, but she. So Charlie moves the boards and she just goes right down. Like he was didn't know how she was gonna get down the stairs, but she just goes for it. She's um, so hype. She's so hyped yeah, to go on the She's adventure. so excited. And so in this next section, she uh Charlie's like, Well, maybe I should call her back, because what if she like falls? But he's like, She's more likely to fall, trying to turn around and come back up the stairs, and she is just going straight down. Absolutely. And so she starts pulling the magazines over the hole, starts trying to cover them, um, and then begins once he gets everything kind of covered. He starts to follow her down the stairs, gets to the bottom. They're they're both good. Neither of them fell down the stairs, which is a win because that would have been an awful ending if Radar had just fallen down the stairs. What if Charlie has to hire people to like redo these stairs? Like what if the stairs fall apart? Do you think Charlie would hire somebody who's like, and here's two gold pellets of hush money? (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like he'd just do it himself at that point. Do you think he's good? He has stonemasonry abilities? I don't think he'd be that good at stonemasonry. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe just buy a 175 foot ladder. That would be terrible. I'd rather walk down the stairs. Than a, <laughs> that'd be awful. It'd be scary for sure. I'm not a big. I'm not a big fan of ladders, let alone. Do they even make ladders that big? Oh, I'm sure you can buy like an industrial height ladder. Uh, you keep going. I'll find how much that that ladder would cost. <laughs> okay. Um. Anyways, they get down to the bottom, and Radar is like super excited and like you know bouncing around and he tells her not to bark because he doesn't want the giant wildlife to wake up and come flying at his face which is i think a fair a fair reaction to have and so at this point she's like not running radar's not running but she's like walking fast and there's like no limping so that's like a good sign but he wonders how much longer that's gonna last because again she's on these pills that are supposed to take you know away like her lifespan but um, they're working for the moment being. So he just has to get her to the sundial. Yeah. So, um, okay. So he would need to get three uh, Louisville extension ladders and make platforms every 60 feet, uh, which would be about $6,300 total. That sounds literally terrible. <laughs> that sounds like would, the worst. Yeah. It would be cheaper to redo the stairs that are already there than to do that. Probably. I don't think you know how much it costs to redo 185 stair well, steps. I guess I'm thinking you wouldn't wouldn't redo all of them. Just the one. If like there are some that are broken, you just right. redo the broken ones. I wonder how much it would cost to put a railing. Because I feel like it could stand to have a railing going down. Because then, like at least <laughs> the, stair, the stairs are messed up. <laughs> Why are we talking construction about this? Oh my! Hey, goodness. you're the one who brought it up. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Keep going. I'm just continuing the conversation. Yeah. Anyways. They get to the uh, the lightheaded area. Um, Radar is just going for it. Then they get out under the hillside and the poppies, and they're in the other world. And now we're in section three, and I want to do a dramatic reading of the entirety of section three. It's not super long, but it's so cute. So. Okay, cool. Here we go. For a moment, Radar stood perfectly still, head forward, ears cocked, nose going. Then she started down the path at a trot, which was now the best speed she could make. Or so I thought. I was halfway down the hill when Dora came out of her little cottage with a pair of slippers in one hand. Raids was maybe 10 feet in front of me. Dora saw us coming, more properly saw who was coming on four feet instead of two, and dropped the slippers. She fell to her knees and held out her arms. Radar broke into a full out run, barking joyously. She pulled up a little at the end, or her aging rear legs did, but not enough to keep from slamming into Dora, who tumbled over on her back with her skirt flying up from her bright green stockings. Radar straddled her, barking and licking her face. Her tail wagged furiously. I broke into a run myself, the loaded pack thumping up and down on my back. I ducked under a line of dangling shoes and grabbed Radar's collar. Quit it, girl. Get off her. But that wasn't going to happen right away, because Dora had her arms around Radar's neck and was hugging her head against her bosom, much as she had done for me. Her feet, clad in the same red shoes, with the green stockings, her look was quite Christmassy, kicked up and down, doing a happy dance. 
When she sat up, I saw there was the faintest touch of dull color in those gray cheeks and gummy liquid. Surely all she could manage for tears was spilling from her narrow, lashless eyes. Ray! She cried, hugging my dog again. Radar went to work, licking her neck, tail whipping back and forth. Ray, Ray, Ray! I guess you guys know each other, I said. That's such a cute That's little so scene. That's so cute. I like <laughs> I love that a it. lot. I love her. That's so good. Man, see, hmm, there's a lot of characters I want to be the best in this chapter. There's a lot of characters I want. I'm, I'm thinking about ranking these characters. And there's so <laughs> many that I want to be number one. I think deserve number yeah. one. I love I love this interaction. There's so many cute interactions, I think, with Dora in this chapter. But right. that one's probably one of my favorites I with agree. her and Radar. I agree. Okay. Okay. Anyways, moving into section four, uh, Dora has fed them now, and uh, so she's basically made stew that they're eating. So it's got like meat and potatoes and gravy, and mm-hmm. it actually sounds really, really good. Yeah. And we find out that it's um, I think it's rabbit meat yeah. is what they're eating. Dora, Dora does like uh, little uh rabbit ears and bounces to tell them, which I think mm-hmm, is pretty cute because he doesn't know what it is. Of course, and he has a moment of thinking, "What if it's human flesh?" But then he's like, "No, I don't. Get, I don't get those vibes from Dora. I don't think it's that. What if it was human flesh?" What a twist this book would be taking. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's it's rabbit uh, rabbit meat, according to Dora. Yeah. But um, so Dora's feeding them, and Charlie's just thinking about how odd this whole situation is. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't entirely know how to feel, and he's like, expecting like crazy things to happen because he feels like he's underneath his world, but there's a sky above his head. So he's like, that doesn't really make a lot of sense, right? Yeah. Um, but they're just kind of sitting eating. Uh, Dora feeds Radar some of the stew too, mm-hmm. and um, Charlie says something when when she first because she like kind of asked Charlie if it's okay for Radar to have like the the food because it's human food, and he uh, Charlie says something cute. He goes, "Everybody eats at the house of shoes," which I just think is a cute little little saying. Um. So Charlie, while they're eating, is just kind of looking around uh, Dora's cottage, and there's just there's shoes everywhere. Some of them are dirty. Some of them don't have matching pairs. Some of them are broken. Like some of them are in the process of being cleaned. Mm-hmm. Um, but while he's he's looking around, uh, he spots this sewing machine, like just in the middle of the house. Yeah, and it's like one that we would have like here, and he recognizes like the brand, and he asks if Mister Bodich bought it for her. And she's like, yes, he did. And he's like, Charlie's like, he was good to you. And she's like, yes. And you were good to him and to Radar. Yeah. Um, just a cute little interaction about Mr. Bodich and yeah. how he just treated treated Dora and vice versa. Seeing him have um, friends is super good. Seeing Mr. Bodich have like like buddies and like they they know each other and they like each other. It's really cute. I like it a lot. I really wish I really really wish we could have a scene of Mr. Bodich and Dora and Radar from like when they were younger. Yeah, but like, Charlie I just think never saw that. Really... And our narrator is. Like, I know. I know. I just wish. Yeah. Stephen King, can you write like a novella just about? Oh, that'd be so Mr. fun. Bodich's adventure. That'd be so with fun. Dora and Radar, wouldn't that be so fun? Yeah, and Adrian Bodich. I love that story. Story. Backstory story. That would be so cute. Be I just so imagine cute. their reactions. Oh, that'd be so wholesome. I want to see that. I would read that. And him like bringing. We could read that on the podcast. And him like bringing stuff for her, like like bringing her uh, the sewing machine and stuff to make her life easier. Like, she, oh man, yeah. Oh, that would love that. I would read that. We'd read that on the podcast for sure. Oh yeah, bonus episode. Or if we didn't, I would be upset. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd probably be a bonus episode of of us. Like reading it. Oh like yeah. Episode. yeah, that would just be so fun. It'd be I really think. fun. Um, but anyways, uh, so they're just kind of talking about Mr. Bodich, and he asks Dora why she has so many shoes and like where did she get them and what she does with them, and she doesn't really like know how to re- reply, but she stands up and goes to this chalkboard, like she grabs a chalkboard and some chalk and starts writing on it. Yeah, and she writes um these words. She writes U C Googler. Mm-hmm. is how i would assume you'd pronounce that but and shelly's like i don't know what that means and so she starts drawing so she draws like a little box and two parallel lines and so the box is supposed to represent her cottage and the lines represent the road outside of her cottage mm-hmm. and she extends the lines so extends the road and then draws another little like box to represent this house yeah and basically she's telling him that he needs to go to this house because that's where Googer is. is and uh yes and basically she wants 
uh, Charlie to talk to Googur. Yeah. Um, so we don't obviously know what Googur is, but Dora is basically telling her that, or telling Charlie that Radar can stay and sleep and Charlie can go by himself. He'll be back before night. Like it's not that long of a trip. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she, uh, Charlie asks like the Googur can talk and Dora kind of like is amused and smiles, but she nods. Yeah. So Charlie just, I think finds that a little interesting. Yeah. Um, but they basically talk about, about going. And so Charlie decides to head out. And as he's leaving, uh, Dora hands her the, uh, Dora hands him these little like, um, wooden, uh, or uh, not wooden, they're pieces of leather. Sorry. Like these palm sized little, like, Bits. pieces of shoe like yeah. soles of shoes um and she, he, uh, charlie asks what they're for and she doesn't she obviously can't really explain it yeah so she doesn't but um charlie kind of heads out and he looks back at radar thinking should i leave radar here with dora but then she, radar obviously trusts dora so yeah. charlie has no reason not to trust her like she's been nothing but kind so far radar clearly trusts her uh, Mr. Butch clearly trusts her, like, you know. Absolutely. Um, So he heads out. He uh, he introduces himself, which I don't know whether he just never did before. Yeah, he hasn't. But he yet. finally introduced himself. And um, he asks if he's speaking her language. And she just shrugs. Like, she doesn't know or she doesn't, like, care. Just doesn't think it matters. Yeah, who cares? Um, yeah. Realistically, g- but, generally in, like, it's weird because... Us, the reader, wants to know if it's trans, like if it did trans modified. But I feel like yeah. that's uh, author Stephen King knowing that someone's gonna be like, "Why does it know English?" And Stephen King being like, "It doesn't matter for the story, my man. This is yeah. It's so much cooler than them trying to translate back and forth to have them know mm-hmm. English or whatever he's like. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's cooler if they can just talk. Of course it is. Yeah, which I like. I like, and that I play. think. Yeah, I do. I I agree. Like, I think that's a little. It's a nice little like just bonus thing. Like here, yeah. Here's this. Yeah, it's like it's, so you don't ha- you don't have to like the fact that he clearly can like guess what the readers are would be thinking. It's I like I like it's it's very similar to a book I really love uh, called Beyonders, where the other world just knows English because uh, I forget how it's explained, but I remember even reading it as a child. I was like, that's fair. Like they did, that doesn't need more explanation. It, it happens. They know English. They do. Yeah. It's English. Whatever. And I think that's fun. Yeah. Um. But as he's as Charlie's leaving, he runs into this sign on the road that says, "Give to me your broken shoes, for down the road you'll find ones new. If you place your trust in me, lucky will your journey be." Mm-hmm. And so he just kind of that kind of like helps him understand a little bit like why Dora maybe has all those shoes. Yeah. Um, and he also realizes that it's written in um, Mr. Bowditch's handwriting. Aww. So Mr. Bowditch wrote this sign. How cute. Yes. Um, so then time kind of moves on. Uh, Charlie is walking down this road towards Googur's house. And he gets there and realizes that it's like a, it's a lot bigger. Like it's not like a cottage like Dora's house is. It's like a, a ranch house. And it's like there's farmland. Um, there's corn, which... We love the fact that there's corn because we live in the Midwest. Corn is literally everywhere. Yeah. Um. So just more proof that you can't get away from the corn. <laughs> it's everywhere. Because in this book, you can't you can't even get away from the corn in a different world. Apparently. Yeah. But um, there's corn. There's a horse. Like there's a couple other buildings. There's a garden. Um. So it's basically a farm. There's some geese, and. Uh, when Charlie sees the geese, he sees this woman who is, she's got like a blue dress on and an apron and she's feeding the geese. And when he spot, when she spots him, she turns and looks at him and Charlie just like pauses because first off he realizes what Dora meant was not Googur. He meant goose girl. Yeah. Or that's what she meant. Um, and this girl, but he also freezes because Charlie just like instantly like falls in love with this girl. Yeah. Like describes her how beautiful is. She's got like really dark blonde like hair. Um, she's got like blue eyes. Um, her cheeks are rosy. She's not gray colored like Dora is. Yeah. Um, but there's one thing about her that's different. So she doesn't have a mouth. Yeah. Like instead of a mouth, she's just got like a scar. Um, but so also it mentioned a thing that really confused me. 
uh, it also she has like a rose that looks like a rosebud that's not been like bloomed yet on her mouth. Yes, I don't really know what so that means. So she's got it's like so it's just like a, a blemish and like a, a scar oh. like next to her like edge of where her mouth would be. And you'll find out more next next couple chapters, probably next chapter, what that is and why that's there. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if you have any theories. Well, I guess we can do theories after this. Never mind. Yeah. Um. So she's got no mouth. Uh, Charlie comes up to her and is like, you know, walking towards her. And these two guys who are also gray skin. So keep that in mind. Yeah. They're also gray skin. They walk out and like with pitchforks, like they're going to attack him. And Charlie's like, I'm harmless. Like Doris sent me. Um, the goose girl like nods and tells the, the farm hands to kind of go away. And she begins continuing to feed the geese. And it, Charlie walks up to her and is like, I'm a stranger here. And it's like, that's really stupid. Obviously, I'm a stranger here. He's flustered because and he finds her so freaking cute. And that makes me so he happy. Is. <laughs> he is. And I love the fact that he still thinks, and he mentions the fact that he still thinks, even with the fact that she has no mouth, he thinks that makes her even more beautiful. I want them to fall in love. I love that. I want you them, want them to fall in love? I want this to is be... Is Colin becoming the romantic in this? I know, because I, I... That's my spot. Understand <laughs> me. I freaking love, like... The, the, I, I texted Sydney, because I love, like, like sentient creatures that are almost human. Like, like sentient, like, human talk level people, but they're, like, not for some reason. I always think it's super yeah. neat to read stories like that, especially when they're, like, different in some way. And then I also love yeah. when they, like, form good relationships with each other. Like, they don't fight. It's just, like, mm -hmm. here's a nice woman. She's some other race. Her mouth doesn't have a mouth. Who knows why? And she can also... I don't know. Have you said this yet? Was I not paying attention? No. Okay. I have not but she can also do some, like, like cool things. Like, it's it's different. Yeah. It's, it's You have abilities she doesn't have. She has abilities you don't have. And they're cool together. And I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Charlie is kind of just at a loss for words. A goose comes up to him and like bites him, thinking that he is food. And so the girl, the girl hands him. That detail is so unnecessary. And it makes me laugh when I read it. I love that a goose just bites the guy. To be honest, that's such a goose reaction to have. Mm -hmm. I do not like geese at all by any stretch of the imagination. They're like one of my least favorite creatures. Yeah. Like I do not, I don't like geese. And so when I was reading this, like I don't, Obviously, that's such a little detail that I don't really remember it. But when I was reading it, I just was thinking, oh, my gosh, the geese. They're going to, like, attack him or something. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that they bit him is, like, fitting. But um, he gets bitten by this goose. And uh, the girl comes up to him and hands him just corn that he can feed the geese. And as uh, she hands it to him, he gets, like, like an electric shock in their hands, which is <laughs> kind of funny. I couldn't tell if that um, was, like, a real he actually got, ooh, shocked, or if it was, like, he felt, like, the sparks yeah. of passion between them. Like, I couldn't tell which of the two it was. I feel like it's maybe a mix of both. Maybe a mix of both, yeah. <laughs> but he goes, he goes, I was smitten. Any <laughs> young guy would have been, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but then he tries to explain why he's here. She's like, I'm here because my dog is old and my friend told me that in the city there's a way to make her young again and I want to try and I have so many questions, but you're not able to answer them. And he just stops because he's like, I'm digging myself a hole. He's yeah. blushing at this point. Um, but it this his like reactions are making her like smile or I guess not really smile, but like clearly can amuse her. Yeah. Like he can see in her face that she's amused by this whole interaction and is not like upset about it or anything. Um, but, uh, he, she feeds the rest of the geese and the geese start wandering off. Um, I want to read this sentence. Let me read this he, sentence. Okay. She, she starts to walk away and the sentence says the goose girl raised her arms over her head, pulling the fabric of her dress taut against the, against admirable breasts. And then in parentheses, yes, I noticed. Sue me. <laughs> my boy is so into her get her charlie yes man i believe in you i believe in charlie yes he is very into her um but she so she claps after that she claps her hands and the horse the white horse comes over to her and is all like decorated with like braids in her hair and yeah. charlie's like i'm guessing from the decorations the horse is female yep. and then he goes the next moment, I became sure because when the horse spoke, it was with a female's voice. <laughs> that startled me really. So <laughs> you weren't prepared for a speaking horse. No, not at all. Not at all was I prepared for a speaking horse. 
Um, but so the horse says, like, I'll answer your questions because Doris sent you and because my mistress knows the belt that you're wearing. Um, so clearly she knew Adrian. She knew Mr. Bowditch. And while the horse is speaking, Charlie realizes the horse is not really paying any attention, but the girl is. And so Charlie asks, like, um, or no, the sorry, not Charlie. The girl asks, have you come from Adrian? And that's when Charlie realizes the, the, the noise, the voice is coming from the horse, but the girl's, like, muscles in her throat are moving. And he's like, you're a ventriloquist. And she nods. And so we find out that this girl, she speaks through, she's a ventriloquist. So she speaks through the horse, basically. Does she, yes? does she, like, um, does a horse's mouth move? Or is it, like, just a voice coming out of, like, Flesh. I think it's just a voice coming out of the horse. Okay, so it's not like the horse is it's not like coming out of its no. mouth. It's not like real like ventriloquist here where they move the mouth. Yeah. Like it's just I don't think it's necessarily coming out of the the horse's mouth. So sound just, just emerges from, from the horse. Yes. Like what's producing like think, the sound? Because I was thinking I was thinking about this when we were when we were doing this. And I think or when I was reading this, yeah. you know how like ventriloquists they can like throw their voice, but it's still kind of coming from them. Yeah. Um, but I think basically what she can do here is a little bit more magical. Like she can actually throw her voice, mm-hmm. but it has to come out. Like the horse isn't moving its mouth. Yeah. But it has to come out. Like she has to have something it can come out of. Like I don't think it necessarily have to, has to be the horse, but it has to be some kind of like animal or something. Well, don't that spoil she can it. Through. Don't spoil what it is. Well, I'm not. I'm just saying. Like, could it be like? Could it be like a stone wall? Do you think? Like you can trick some guards by making that corner say something. Maybe. Like I think that'd be really neat. I, I if I were her, I would keep a live rat in my pocket so that I could just eat it down a hallway and <laughs> fly, make it say stuff. Yeah. Uh, no. no, that's not like a, a spoiler. That's just I'm just saying from this section. That's what I get from. Yeah. It. I don't actually remember. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, like I kind of do, but I don't. Yeah, I don't really. Oh no! That does well. do we don't see? <laughs> does Goo Girl is she not a main character? I was hoping Goo Girl would stay for a while. Is Goo Girl not a not a stay character? Oh, do you want me to answer this question? Yeah, she is. Okay, You'll good. See her again. Oh, she comes back. Okay, good. I was worried. No, you, that... She also gets a name. I I like Goo Girl so better. She won't just be Goose Girl. Nah, she's Goo Girl. <laughs> Goo Girl. Yeah, for sure. Goo Girl. <laughs> no, no, she she comes back. We'll see her. Awesome. I'm not gonna say how much, but we'll see her. Awesome. All right. Uh, that's the end of that chapter. Um, do you have any? Okay. So theories. Freaking hope they fall in what love. What are your theories, Colin? Want, you hope they fall in I love? I want them to fall in love. Yeah. I want Goo, Gr- okay. Goo Girl and Charlie to become become a couple. Uh, Char- but that would mean Charlie has to live in the under in the other. Because um, hmm, she will die if she comes up. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, worth it. I want them to fall in love. <laughs> okay. Um, what do you think? Why do you think she doesn't have a mouth? Just magic. What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just was asking. I oh no, is it like a curse? Like somebody sew her mouth shut and curse her or some crap? I just want it to be magic. Is there a is there a fairy tale character that has um, no mouth? Is that a thing? I don't know. Probably. I don't think so. I can't think of one. So I'm assuming no. Uh, If it's if my imagination theory is correct, it's some woman who got imagined her mouth shut for some reason. Same reason that. Same reason that uh, Dora is like a woman whose face got smudged by a draw by like an artist. I think she, yeah. she, this is an imagined creation that creation that became living in this other world. That's my that's my yeah. beliefs. Okay. Awesome. Um, do you have any other theories? I don't know. Like, there's there's not really much. There's not much crazy amount of theory bait in this chapter. Not really. No. It's just more like moving the story along. You meet some new people. I had, I had a great time reading it. I, I texted Sydney yeah, as soon as we so- finished reading that the story <laughs> is finally getting right up my alley. I love fantasy creatures and like, like different, I told you like different human type people. Like I love it. Yeah. This story. Um, sorry, really fast. If you've ever read Brendan, Brendan Moles, the beyonders, this story really reminds me of the beyonders so far. Maybe a, really? a slightly more adult version of the beyonders. It's it. <laughs> I really like it. It's really good. So what do you rate these two chapters, Colin? Uh, chapter, what was that one? 13? Yeah. 13, I rate a 9 out of 10. Chapter 12, 8.5 out of 10. Loved them both. They're both very good. Okay. They're both okay. They're both good yeah. ones. All right. They are good. I think I think we've gotten gotten about to the time. Is there anything else we need to do before it's time? Um, I don't think so. All right, then. In that case, now it's time to rank the characters.
Woo! Let's do it. Okay. We're going to go fast. I, I have it copy and pasted in our document where I'm ready for this. Yes. Uh, um, so I will read our week six list first. So we have Charlie, Radar, Dad, Dora, Melissa, Lindy, Arnetta, Mrs. Richland, Leon Braddock, Mrs. Ravensburger, Herbie. Fully loaded. Bill Harriman, Andy Chen, Mrs. Zippy, Mr. Massensick, Mr. Ackerley, Mrs. Silvius, Officer Wilmark, Officer Cooper, Cece, Craig, Detective Gleason, Birdie, Coach Harkness, and I wish you were dead tier. Mr. Righto, haha, and then our dead tier, Bodich, Mom, and Heinrich. So Great tier we list. have uh, technically only one new character because Mr. Righto, haha, was Christopher Polly. Yeah. Um, but Goo, uh, Goo Girl, yeah. I guess is what we're calling her at this point. I love time. Goo Girl. I don't. I like that Goo-Gur. nickname. I like Goo Girl as her nickname, so we're calling her Goo Girl. Oh, I think when her actual name, when we find out her actual name. Yeah, we should swap we it when, will, we, when we find it. We'll switch it. Uh, okay, here's yes, my opinion. She can be Goo Girl. Here's my real life opinion. Dora takes number one for me this week. How do- I'm all for that option because I think Charlie needs to move down because he was very violent. Oh, yeah. Radar beats Charlie like, as well. I get it. But yeah, I think Charlie just has to move down because he was very ultra violent in How this far episode. Down? Does, he, does dad beat him or does Charlie get stay above dad? I think Charlie, I actually, okay. So what I think, I think, uh, I feel like Google should go up there too. Uh, third? You think Google won third? What do you think? I mean, I we think don't Gugger, really know much about her. I think Google won fourth. I think dad stays third. I think. I think Google managed to sneak her way into fourth. Do you think Charlie moves down that far? I think Charlie gets to fifth. Yeah. Charlie was okay. really violent and like really willing to kill this guy, like kill, kill this guy. That's which true. I am not a fan of because I know we have him in Wish You Were Dead, but I, I want it to be of natural causes or like a deserved death. I don't yes. think I genuinely don't believe robbing deserves death as mm-hmm. at all. Um, so do you think Christopher Polly uh, stays in? He, we had him as Mr. Right. Oh, ha, ha, last episode. Yeah. But do you think Christopher Polly stays as um, Wish You Were Dead? Okay, I think we need to change the name of this. I think he still deserves a tier of his own, but the issue is he's not like a fantasy guy. He's just a guy. And so I, I mm-hmm. any character in this book, like in Warbreaker, it was like a fantasy guy who had a master plan to overthrow the city. I'm happy to say yeah. I wish he was dead. In this book, the worst person so far has been a thief. And like I don't wish he was dead, but also he does not even deserve to be in the same tier as Coach Harkness, right? Like, I think we need to, yeah. maybe we make, instead of a yellow tier, we make like a purple tier right there that says like, uh, worst person that deserves to live. Like, like, <laughs> uh, I think a tier that says barely deserves to live. I think he's in the barely deserves to live tier. Okay. But he does I'm deserve to live. I think he barely deserves to live. I think that's a, uh, like a purple color or something like that. I think Charlie would agree with you because Charlie let him live. Yeah. But um, barely. barely. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a fair <laughs> a fair place for Christopher Pulley to, to to land is in the barely deserves okay. to live tier. He can go on the barely deserve. I bet and then I don't think anything else changes. Oh, I guess I think Andy Chen can move up a little. What? Andy Chen? Because he, oh, yeah, he, was, he was in it. I think he can move up to like blow Mrs. Richland, maybe. Yeah. I, I agree. I did, I agree. Because he didn't really do much, but he was helpful. Like he was a, a decent friend, good, I guess. Good friend. Like, I would friend. I would say good friend. I would say he, he yeah. snuck into the good friend zone. So I think he deserves to move up a little bit. I agree completely with you on that. Alrighty then. Mm-hmm. I think that's everything. Him and uh freaking I can't believe Christopher Poli now has the same level of like uh importance to our podcast as freaking uh Oh man, what was his name? I'm finding it. Give me two seconds. He has the same level of significance as the guy that we hated, who is called. Oh my gosh, Trelides? Trelides. Is that yes. what you were talking about? Yes. <laughs> From Warbreaker? Yeah, he and Trelides have both created their own tier just by being unlikable. I cannot believe that. Well, Trelides, we wish we created the wish you were dead tier through that. Yeah. And. But now we have a, a barely deserved to be alive tier because of Christopher. Yeah, exactly. They, they, I think barely deserved to live could exist along wish you were dead. Because I like you, yeah. I think if they're later, if we meet like the giant God person, that's they're a fantasy guy. I could wish that God person to die, but I am not going to wish <laughs> a regular thief man to die until he's a leprechaun. But we wish we wish he we wish he was dead last uh, episode. Yeah, because at that point he was still a leprechaun. Now he's a thief <laughs> if, until he's officially a leprechaun. Now he's just a normal human being yeah. who's just a thief until he's officially a, a leprechaun. Person. I'm not going to wish he was dead, but because he's just a thief, he, I can't wish him death. 
That's my opinion. <laughs> I feel like that's pretty fair. No, that's that seems like a fair a fair opinion yeah. to me. All right. <laughs> that's our final tier list for week seven. I'm gonna give you a reading. How should I do it in a funny way, Sydney? Um, I think you should do it in a Levercom voice. Oh, that's a great we idea. Talk about <laughs> a lot. <Right> <laughs> Oh man, should I do? It's a high pitch. Dora, no, I hate that. Dora, radar, dad, goo girl, Charlie, Melissa, Lindy, Arnetta, Mrs. Richland, Andy Chen, Leon Pradak, Mrs. Ravensburger, Herbie, fully loaded, Bill Harriman, Mrs. Zippy, Mrs. Masnick, Mr. Ackerley, Mrs. Silvius, Officer Wilmark, Officer Cooper, Cece, Craig, Detective Gleason, Bertie, Coach Harkness, and then in our barely deserved to live tier, Christopher Polly. And then in our dead tier, we have Mr. Bowditch, Mom, and Heinrich. You sounded like an off-brand Irish dude. <laughs> off-brand Irish dude. That's what a leprechaun is, is an off-brand Irish dude. I nailed it. You know what we also didn't do, Colin? What didn't we do? We didn't have you read the titles for Chapter 14. It's fine. We can do that. We can do that uh, just next week at the beginning. It, it, I'm not too worried about that. But next week at the beginning, you'll know what they mean. <laughs> well, we can... <laughs> It's fine. It's fine, Sydney. Uh, you don't want to guess? Speaking of next, I don't want to guess. Speaking of next okay. week, uh, we are reading, like we said, or it's reminding you, chapter 14 and then through 15-7. 15-7. Yes. Also. Do not read 15-8. Or else you be- die. Just don't do it. Yeah. Like, do not read 15-8 or further, or else I will be disappointed. Or else Sydney will, will you, okay, the issue is. There's no fantasy crap out, or else Sydney will shoot you. That's the that's what the violent thing. Oh, this is it. Sydney will break both your wrists with her bare hands. Oh, if no. you read forward, Sydney, you better not read forward. Also, <laughs> we have a very large announcement. We do, yes. We have we now have a Patreon. On the Patreon, what you're gonna get is you're gonna get bonus special episodes, uh, at least once a month, maybe more, depending on how eager we become. And you will also yes. get uh, video podcasts, unedited videos of the podcast we recorded. So you'll get to see the chaos that is us without being edited. Us bef- Not that we edit much, but there's occasional edits here and there. Like the beginning of recordings or the end of recordings. This beginning, I actually, crazy. this beginning, I think is very funny. I think you will enjoy the beginning of this episode <laughs> because Cindy and I, she starts off rowdy and it makes me mad for like five full minutes. And so you'll get, you'll get quite a few minutes of just, just rowdy us hanging out. Uh, yeah. Also, just our reactions. You, I feel like the unedited, I feel like you get a lot of Colton and I, like our personality and our interactions in general. Mm-hmm. But the unedited sections where we're just us normally, yeah. you get like, this is how Colton and I react normally. Yeah. Like, it's we, <laughs> the beginning of this podcast, this episode especially, I feel like just describes <laughs> Colton and I and our, our interactions <laughs> outside of podcasting. So so go ahead. It's going to be a link in the description. Go ahead and check that out. We would absolutely love to have you just show up and show around. And the longer you wait to do it. I guess the more content that'll be there when you finally do. But don't wait. Do it now. Yeah. We would super appreciate we it. We also already have one episode recorded, one bonus episode recorded. So we have Herbie Fully Loaded, our mm. commentary track. As of, it's just us watching Herbie Fully Loaded and commenting. And you can along watch along with us. You can just hit play. It's yes. on Disney Plus. Hit play with us and you'll get to see us all. Uh, you'll get to watch and see our thoughts on Herbie freaking Fully Loaded. Um yeah. Also, it was it was a good time. It was a very fun. We will time. probably also upload a little bit of that commentary track just to regular our regular. Just a, just a little snippet. You'll I get think. you'll get a little little yeah. little snippet. Um, if you want. Yeah. But the entire the entire episode will be up on our Patreon. Can I, Sydney? Do you think it's a fair thing to do to give them a uh, preview of some of our ideas for future bonus episodes? Yeah. Go for it. Uh, we're going to do an episode where we review grim fairy tales because we're reading the book Fairy Tale. Uh, we'll, yes. we'll create some fantasy worlds, which I think would be really fun. Make up make up fantasy uh, like magic systems. Uh, we'll find some fantasy books on Wattpad and read some Wattpad fantasy and talk about them. No, uh, you know, read short stories and make characters fight from them and like talk through who would win the fight. Uh, maybe videos <laughs> of making Sydney uh, play like Skyrim or some crap because she's not a gamer. I think that'd be really funny. And all of that will be over there. So feel free to go over there. And also, if you guys have any fun ideas of things you'd want to see. So if you guys want us to watch any other movies or 
like read a short story or even read a story that you wrote yeah like i think that would be fun so if you've written any stories that you want us to read briefly pop over there that would be such a fun or we could honestly even do that it's just like a, a bonus absolutely episode just during the podcast like if we have like a week like after we finish fairy tale a week off let's instead of recording a new book let's record a quick like episode of us reading your guys' stories like things like that and if you're following us on patreon you're far more likely to get us to do that we will be far more likely yes. to pick you so go ahead hop over there we would love we'd appreciate it if you did all right i think that's everything for this week uh oh thank you so much for listening thank you uh to alesia who did our intro and outro music which is uh windrunner remake it is A-L-E-Z-E-I-A on Spotify. We really, really appreciate you for uh, for that music. Uh, is there anything yes. else we need to say, Sydney? Um, I don't think so. Just remember to read all of chapter 14 and then 15, 15, 7. All right. Thank you. And don't read past 15, 7. Or else Sydney will break your wrist. We've, we've done this part. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Just a reminder. My name is Colton Pratt. And I'm Sydney Lyerly. I love you. Peace.